I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Heather Vale, and you're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Today I'm speaking with Alyssa Carrillo, Director of Engagement for Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada. With 13 clubhouses throughout the community, the nonprofit organization helps youth reach their full potential as productive, caring, and responsible citizens. Alyssa has created and directed various outreach, fundraising, and marketing initiatives and events for higher education organizations and nonprofit agencies, including previous positions with the Boys and Girls Club in California. With the new school year beginning, Ross Dress for Less stores are partnering with Boys and Girls Clubs to raise money in the Help Local Kids Learn program, and Alyssa is the point person for Southern Nevada. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Heather. I appreciate it. So for the listeners who aren't familiar, what exactly does the Boys and Girls Clubs do? Sure. So the Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada, we, as you mentioned, we have 13 different clubhouses throughout the valley. We impact and service 1,500 youth a day, pre-COVID numbers, at our 13 locations. We have core impact areas with academic success, healthy lifestyles, good character and leadership, the arts and workforce development. So anything that any programming that we do within our clubs after school uh, trickle up to those different core impact areas. Okay, so you mentioned 1500 youth a day pre COVID. What are we looking at now? Uh, Right now, the number is about half, unfortunately, but as we're gearing away from the lockdown from COVID, our, our numbers are going back up. Okay, so you mentioned the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada, and I know that that's a smaller group within Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Can you kind of give us a sense of how big the organization is overall across the country? There are clubs throughout the United States. Um, Some are small, some are large, um, and they're in both rural and affluent areas. Okay, awesome. So how exactly is Ross Dress for Less helping the Boys and Girls Clubs of America and the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada? Ross Dress for Less is investing in great futures of the next generation by supporting the Boys and Girls Clubs academic success programs. Um, This is the eighth year in a row. It's through a national partnership with Boys and Girls Club of America at Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada, we're paired with local Ross stores in the Southern Nevada footprint, where each store is conducting an in-store fundraiser to support our mission uh, now through August 21st. Okay, and how much money are you hoping to raise throughout the campaign? Last year, we received over $57,000 from Ross with their campaign. Um, We hope this year to exceed that benchmark. Ross Stores has graciously shared they will be matching up to $400,000 to the campaign nationally. Nice. Okay. So how exactly does the Ross Help Local Kids Learn promotion work? Like if someone's listening and they're like, that sounds cool. I shop at Ross. I want to help out. What does it look like? 
the Ross stores have really tried to make it as simple as possible for their customers to be part of the campaign. What their customers will be able to do at checkout is either uh, donate to a specific dollar amount that they, they would like and or round up. Okay, and what exactly do those donations go towards? Are there specific programs within Boys and Girls Clubs that they're earmarked for? They are. So the funds we'll raised will help support our academic success in the clubs, specifically our Power Hour program. Okay, what exactly is the Power Hour program? Our Power Hour program is a dedicated hour to academic success. Uh, we believe in making every minute count within that hour. So during this hour, we provide homework help, tutoring, and for those members who don't have homework to do that specific day, we'll provide them with learning activities with um, kind of a learning with a purpose, which are high yield learning activities. Okay, so I'm familiar with how boys and girls clubs work. My son went for years and years to one of the local ones, which was his favorite. He actually went to, I think, three or four in the valley, but specifically one that he liked the best. But I'm not sure exactly how Power Hour works. So do the kids have to come forward and say, hey, I've got homework and I need help? Or is it as soon as they walk in, they're like, hey, go over here, do your homework kind of thing? We, we dedicate an hour. So any member who is coming to our clubs um, on any day, they will, no matter what, have an hour of power hour. Um, once they get there from the start of the club to the end, at some point throughout the day, they will have that dedicated hour. We're working to have that hour almost as if our clubs not necessarily shut down, but in each one of their specific areas that they're in based off of their, their age and grade group. Uh, they will be doing their homework with that specific group for that day. So yes, all members who come to our club participate in Power Hour and our academic success programs. Paint the picture a little bit more with our 13 different clubs serving the amount of students uh, and youth, young people we have each day. Every youth coming in will get to have that opportunity and they will have that for part of our academic success program. Okay, so what ages does the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada cater to? We are open from ages 6 through 18 years old. So do the teens also take part in the Power Hour? They do. The teens do take part in Power Hour. Um, theirs is a, a different time of the day, but we do ensure that our teens are part of our academic success program. Okay, so what if, you know, I know from helping my son with homework that sometimes I don't remember how to do it. Like it was a long time ago, right? So what if you have, you know, kids have a particularly hard class that they're in and the homework assignment happens to be particularly difficult and you don't have anyone who specializes in that area of study, then what happens? Any subject that our student, our members have for homework help, we're going to do our best to help provide them that support if they need it. Um, if we don't have that on staff, we will try and find other avenues to try and help them, whether it's us looking up the answers online or trying to, you know, educate our own selves for that matter, um, <laughs> or looking to see if there's other avenues to try and secure some type of tutor for them. Okay. Are there particular subjects that kids tend to request more help with? From what I've been told, the AP courses, especially for the teens, are the ones where we really need a lot of help and guidance with in terms of tutoring and support. 
um, with the AP courses, chemistry, and also Spanish. Okay. And besides the Power Hour for Homework Help, what are some of the other education-related programs that are run within the Boys and Girls Clubs? Yeah, education or what we like to say uh, academic success within the Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada. It's one of our core impact areas, along with good character and leadership, healthy lifestyles, workforce development, and the arts. Um, we have an array of outcome-driven academic success programs that run in our clubs daily. Just to kind of give a few numbers, in Southern Nevada, every day, 22% of youth leave school with nowhere to go. Um, according to the After School Alliance, with nearly 17 of the young people in Southern Nevada failing to graduate from high school on time based off of the Clark County School District graduation rate. So our goal is to really shave both of those numbers and be the support for young people and their families they need in the community. In 2020-2021, of our members graduated or were expected to graduate. Um, but overall, our Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada offer extended learning opportunities and educational enrichment programs off the non-school hours. Homework help, I think, and as we touched base on earlier, homework help is a critical component of our programming, but not only within our program, but we offer it aside from there. So if somebody isn't one of our youth, our teens, aren't able to finish their homework during that dedicated power hour, they're able to go off to the site and get a additional tutoring at the club. We also offer programs that our youth may not be receiving or may not be able to receive in the schools, whether it's financial literacy or some type of workforce development or introductions to, to trade as well. Our academic success programs work hand in hand with our workforce development and making sure that they have a plan for the future, whether it is going to, you know, to college or going into the trades or just making sure that they do have a plan in place. We also offer do-it-yourself STEAM activities and mentorship programs. We, um, for our teens specifically, we offer uh, trade fairs, college and career fairs, and college tours, which are very popular. Wow, that's great. So we know there's 13 Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada. How many Ross stores are taking part in the promotion? The campaign is nationally for Boys and Girls Club of Southern Nevada. We are paired with 27 different Ross stores spanning throughout the Southern Nevada region. So we are very fortunate to be partnered with all 27. So is that every single Ross store locally? It is. It is. Okay, perfect. Now, if people can't make it to a Ross store, how else can they help the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada? I would say our big three. Give partner our sponsor. So if they cannot make it to a raw store before August 21st to give, uh, they can go directly to our website and, and learn more. Our website is bgcsnb.org and they can either give, partner, or sponsor. And we are, we are externally grateful for all three of those and any support that we can get. I understand give, but what does partner and sponsor entail? So partnering is partnering with us in terms of a program, right? So whether it's helping us with their their skills that they may have, 
providing us those services and sponsor would be for any of our special events that we may have or even a program that aligns with their their own mission of an organization being able to help contribute to run that program or support us in those ways we do have sponsorship opportunities for special events too that are coming up as well so in any way we we love we are a community partner and we want to be part of the community with all of the different constituents as much as possible. Okay. So since school already started this week, is there still space for parents to enroll their kids in the after-school programs? There is. Right now is the perfect time for parents and our guardians to enroll their their kids um, and teens into the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada for the year. We offer a safe space, supportive environment, and caring professionals with award-winning programs and opportunities for their kids they may not be able to get elsewhere at an affordable price. We truly strive to make sure cost is not a barrier for our youth to attend our programs, and we also offer financial assistance. To find the nearest club, I we would recommend heading to our website to see which one is their, their closest club. We have annual, our annual membership is $35 a year for youth with a weekly fee and $20 yearly membership for teens. Okay, now you talked about the different educational programs and the homework program, which all sound fantastic, but are there also fun programs? Like, what else do they do at the clubs? At the clubs, we say it's fun with a purpose. They may not even think that they are, you know, learning, but everything we do has has a purpose behind it. Um, and I, I think, and I know that's something that's very um, special to the Boys and Girls Clubs. Um, our core impact areas, as we talked about, were academic success, but we also have the healthy lifestyles, good character and leadership, workforce development, and the arts. So any any program that we're doing, whether it's um, healthy lifestyles, it may be teaching our members how to, you know, eat healthy and nutrition, um, but also mind, body, and soul, whether it's mental health, it's, um, you know, physical fitness or being part of a of a team, whether it's, you know, our flag football, our volleyball, our boys or girls basketball. So we have all of those different activities. Um, we have the arts programs as well, whether it's they want to learn how to play an instrument, we have that. Whether they want to learn how to produce music, we have that. There is truly something for everybody at the Boys and Girls Clubs, um, which is extremely unique and it's exciting. Um, when we, we are able to speak to parents that, you know, they may have three ch children and one child is into the arts, but the other child is into healthy lifestyles or athletics. And so we do have everything for that whole family under one roof. Nice. Okay. Now, I know that a lot of the schools have after school programs for if a parent is working and obviously the schools let out pretty early. <laughs> so like my son's in middle school, they're finished shortly after two, for example. And, you know, working parents sometimes can't get home that early. So the Boys and Girls Clubs, it sounds like there's a lot more for the kids to do than just some of your standard after school programs. How do the kids get to the clubs? Are there any schools that have bus service, shuttle service back and forth to any of the clubs? We do. We're currently working on our transportation program still. Um, during COVID, we, we did lose some of our bus routes. So we're working through trying to find different avenues to be able to bring back those. Um, I would say one of the first ones is 
check our website. Each one of our our clubhouses has, if there is transportation programs available, they will be on that club specifics webpage. Okay, awesome. So once again, bgcsnv.org is the website, stands for Boys and Girls Club, Southern Nevada, bgcsnv.org. You can find out more information about the Boys and Girls Clubs. You can see the locations of the 13 clubs. You can sign up to volunteer, donate, get more information, whatever you want. And also the Help Local Kids Learn nonprofit fundraiser with Ross. Is that also listed on the website? Can they get more information there? Yes, they can check our website and all of the information for the Ross campaign will be there. Okay, perfect. So again, the fundraiser with Ross is running through August 21st. So if you shop at Ross before August 21st, you can donate to the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada. And Ross is matching the first $400,000 raised across the country. So that's a great opportunity for this wonderful organization, Boys and Girls Clubs of America. But specifically, the local Ross stores are partnered with the local Boys and Girls Clubs, which is amazing. So once again, bgcsnv.org is the place to go. Alyssa, anything else to add for the listeners before we go? No, I appreciate your time, Heather. And I just can't reiterate enough, you know, our program provides that safe environment and an environment where youth can be themselves and will work to make sure that they become the best possible uh, young adults. Yeah, it's a fantastic program, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and specifically Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada. 13 wonderful clubhouses. Alyssa, I want to thank you so much for being here today and for sharing more information about the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada, as well as how Ross Dress for Less is partnering. So once again, listeners, just a reminder, it's only going through August 21st. So shop at Ross before August 21st if you want to help out the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada. Or you can always go to the website. Again, it's bgcsnv.org. Again, Alyssa, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Heather. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just... I can't explain it. Eyes waiting. Started to wonder. Metamorphosis. Philosophy you thought you was. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today is Kevin Moran, Associate Vice President of Regional Affairs for the Environmental Defense Fund, or EDF. Kevin directs strategy and operations for EDF's water program, which aims to reverse groundwater depletion and conserve water in ways that benefit ecosystems. Kevin, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks very much, Heather. We've all heard of the Environmental Defense Fund, but when exactly was it founded? The Environmental Defense Fund was founded in the late 1960s by a group of concerned citizens who, in Long Island, New York, who actually saw something in their local environment there where the eggs of osprey were unable to to hatch. And that was because of the pollutant DDT. They rallied together, they they engaged in in litigation, and they uh, protected the the osprey and the other associated uh, environmental values that support that life 
uh, on Long Island. That, those are the roots of EDF. And since then, more than 50 years of environmental advocacy, practical solutions, working with uncommon partners, and now working with communities, leadership, and businesses to, to find ways to combat the existential crisis of our time and our species, and that's climate change. And what exactly is EDF Action? EDF Action is the advocacy partner of EDF. And so EDF Action is organized under 501c3, which is a, an internal revenue service code as part of the tax code. And it's uh, uh, the advocacy partner of EDF where, where we can advocate for or against specific pieces of legislation and do lobbying. Whereas you may recall, Heather, and your listeners probably know that a, a nonprofit organization organized under 501c3 which is EDF. EDF is a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, is they're strictly limited in terms of what a what a, a nonprofit organization can do on lobbying. And so we do have an affiliated organization, an advocacy partner, where we do the the lobbying and advocacy, and that's called EDF Action. Okay, that makes sense. So tell us about the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Well, this is a landmark step to protect ourselves from climate change. Uh, it's, it's big news and it ought to be. The Senate over the weekend voted for a stronger economy, healthier communities, and a more stable and water secure future. This uh, legislation is, is going to address the worst impacts of climate change and move us toward the goal of reducing warming by 50% by 2030, over 2005 pollution levels and warming levels. This will take a big step in that direction. It's going to create 9 million good jobs, ramping up clean energy. It's going to lower costs for families and businesses. And importantly, it's going to make a big investment in water security for Nevadans and the entire West. When you talk about the clean energy jobs, what does that look like? What kind of industry implementations are going to be happening that are going to create all these jobs? The Inflation Reduction Act is a robust package of of tax credits and incentives. And what that's going to mean is that uh, manufacturers and supply chain actors in the clean energy sector of our economy are going to have incentives to invest, create jobs, and do even more. So what that means is solar and wind manufacturing, installation and service. It means investments in the energy grid and storage. And uh, it means all of the aspects of cleaner appliances, which are going to be less expensive for for consumers. So in Nevada right now, there's already 31,191 clean energy jobs across those different sectors that I just mentioned. For example, 8,853 Nevadans are already employed in solar and wind technology and deployment. This legislation is going to send those numbers through the roof. You know, this is a moment where we as Americans, uh, you know, we're skeptical of government and maybe that's a good thing in many ways. We complain a lot. We're disappointed a lot in what government doesn't do. This is a moment with the Inflation Reduction Act to realize that the United States Senate and the House this week to follow is doing something fundamentally important on the biggest crises of our time, climate change, water insecurity, and bringing down inflation. 
Okay, so I know that Nevada does pretty good in the clean energy job field. I mean, I can see it all around. But yes. do you happen to know where exactly Nevada ranks among the nation for clean energy jobs? Yes. R right now, when you look at all those different parts of the clean energy economy, mm -hmm. Nevada ranks 29th in the nation. Nevada is sixth for solar energy installations and related, related jobs. So there's a, uh, been a leadership role in solar. Uh, there's, a, there's a big opportunity for Nevada to move up on those rankings. And uh, I know that, uh, that uh, Governor Sisolak is doing a lot with the state government to enable that transition as well. Yeah. And, you know, that makes sense that we're further ahead in solar than anything else, because obviously Nevada is the perfect spot to utilize solar energy. I mean, there's sunshine more than 300 days a year. So absolutely. You know, that's all great news. And plus, you know, if you go driving down the freeway through the desert, you can see all these wind turbines and huge fields of solar panels. So we're making waves there, definitely, for sure. And personally, you know, I'm a big fan of wind and solar energy and electric vehicles. But why is it suddenly an urgency? Like, it seems like, you know, slowly over time, we've been adding more, adding more because it makes sense. But is it crisis situation now? Is, is it going to really make a huge impact when we're talking about global warming? Well, it is a crisis. And the Inflation Reduction Act is going to make a big beneficial impact. All you have to do is look at the Colorado River. Our natural system is telling us that there's an urgent need to act, that we are in a fundamentally different pattern. The Colorado River drought is the worst in, in 1,200 years. And I, I want to commend Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. She was instrumental in adding to the legislation and making sure that water security in the Colorado River Basin was addressed. The legislation includes $4 billion for uh, water security and to increase the level of water in the Colorado River system. The money will go to buy private water rights. It'll help municipalities and other conservation projects to support water security. And so supported by neighbors, uh, Senator Mark Kelly, Senator Kirsten Sinema, and Senator Michael Bennett of Colorado, supported by those other senators in the West, uh, Senator Cortez Masto achieved a really important step for the Colorado River Basin and for, for the, really for water security and conservation for Nevadans. Okay, can you kind of put the pieces together for me? Because I know what you're saying is true. I, I can look at Lake Mead and I can see how low the water levels are. But when you're talking about water security, how exactly does that all come together? And what exactly needs to happen to raise those water levels back up to optimal levels? Yes, well, it's a great question, Heather. So since 2000, the Colorado River has declined roughly 20% of its flows. And climate scientists tell us that at least half of that decline is due to global warming caused by humans. So what we need to do is we need to start by reducing water use across all sectors of the economy. We have to start taking less out of this amazing river and its tributaries on which everything depends. Secondly, we know that just using less is not enough if we don't take on climate pollution, we have to do both. And so that's why I'm so encouraged by the Inflation Reduction Act's investments in clean energy and in accelerating the transition to move us away from dependence on fossil fuels with American-made energy. 
So that, that step is hugely important. We have to do both. We have to address the current crisis, if you will. We have to treat the patient by using less water. Mm-hmm. And we cannot avoid the investments in, that will accelerate the transition to a clean energy economy. Without doing that second step, it won't be enough. And we will not have the water we need for communities, industry, agriculture, or the environment. Okay. Where does the Hoover Dam fit into the equation? Obviously, it's on the Colorado River. Obviously, water levels are going to affect it. And obviously, currently, it's supplying a lot of electricity to the West. Now, I can see how having more solar power, more wind power is going to lessen the need for water to be flowing through Hoover Dam. But do you consider, is that is that part of the clean energy or is that part of the problem or where exactly does it fit? Well, I think we, we have to realize that, that hydropower generation from Hoover Dam and from Glen Canyon Dam are critically important to the West and particularly to the Southwest. For example, Glen Canyon Dam at the start of, of Grand Canyon, it supplies power for over 4 million people. And there's a similar number that for, for Hoover Dam. Mm-hmm. So uh, from my perspective, from the perspective of EDF, hydropower needs to be part of, of our energy portfolio. And it's, it's very important that we use less water and that we support the health of the river system for a whole range of reasons, including maintaining hydropower generation. Otherwise, for example, uh, the customers, uh, the customers for that power are going to see higher energy costs. So that's one of the things we need to do as we build out wind, solar, and other clean energy solutions. So realistically speaking, how much can we expect fossil fuel use and carbon emissions to actually be reduced, knowing that the oil industry is extremely powerful and extremely profitable? Well, that, that's a really important question. And what we see, uh, the independent analysts who are looking at the Inflation Reduction Act are, are supporting the, the description and summary uh, of the bill's proponents in, in, in the Senate and House of the United States Congress. The legislation has the capacity to, to get us to 40% reduction mm-hmm. in, in the production of uh, greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. So that's the, that's the standard, as you know, where we're, uh, where we're driving toward a goal by 2030 of reducing those emissions by 50% as compared to 2005 levels. That's the national standard, and that's, that's, that's what the United States has pledged to the world, really. And so this is, this is going to get us a long way along that path. We are facing uh, a major transition that is essential to protecting ourselves and the special places we care about to address the incredibly destabling impacts of unbridled climate warming. We see it in the West. It's like, you know, Climate change is no longer an academic debate. It's barging down the front door with extreme mm-hmm. heat, wildfires, and mega drought. So we're not talking a long time in the future, 2030. I mean, we're almost there. How on track are we to achieve those goals? We've made some progress. And the independent analysis that are coming out, and literally this is happening in real time, I read I read some over the weekend from uh, independent sources looking at the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act, and I'll just uh, uh, maybe just reference uh, reference specifically. 
if you look at, for example, the REPEAT project, it's, it's an all caps, it's an acronym, it's REPEAT, all caps, project. They've done an analysis, which I would uh, commend to you as a reputable independent uh, source, uh, looking at the progress that can be made by 2030 accelerated by the Inflation Reduction Act. And it shows, it shows the, the beneficial impacts of, of what's already been done. And it shows the trend line getting a lot stronger in terms of that, that uh, impact on reducing pollutants and, and moving toward our goal. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about solar power, wind power, alternative energy. What needs to change in the agriculture industry? I think we have to uh, look at this as another, another step forward of the Inflation Reduction Act. We, we need to help farmers, ranchers, and rural communities cut emissions and prepare for the impacts of climate change that cannot be avoided. So what does that mean? It means making sure that the federal dollars are used wisely and in really in with lots of buy-in and, and co-creation of local communities that allows for a sustainable agricultural economy. Now, in much of the West, that means that in many watersheds, it's a water stress environment. And going forward, communities as a whole, not just agriculture, communities and watersheds have to find ways to use less and still produce the food we need and have the most important elements of the heritage and rural lifestyle that's important. That is a big task. It's, a, it's another big transition that we can't avoid based on the impacts of, of climate change that we already know are going to occur. So it's, to me, it's really about thinking about partnership, uh, thinking about uh, specific ways that agriculture can cut emissions in their operations and be rewarded for being good stewards of the environment. Okay. Explain to us exactly how clean energy tax credits work. The simplest way to think about it is that um, the government is now going to reduce the tax impact of certain kinds of manufacturing, certain kinds of business operations that install clean energy. And so that means uh, that, that frankly changes the private sector analysis, and an investment opportunity. So, uh, for example, uh, a manufacturer of a solar energy panel or, or a manufacturer of associated products that are part of the supply chain to have solar installed, okay? Think about two of either of those business lines. Uh, under the Inflation Reduction Act, uh, what that means is that the tax impact of that business operation is going to go down. A tax credit means that if, if the business goes forward in, in building out a clean energy technology or the associated activities that earn revenue for that activity, a tax credit means that some of the income of that business is not going to be subject to tax. A credit means that you, you reduce the, the, the amount of your, of your income by the amount of the credit. And so the, the amount on which the tax is applied goes down. That's the simplest way to think about it. And in different, with lots of different nuances and details that, that the business will understand, uh, that the businesses are now going to be looking at and looking at the impact of this, of this legislation. That's the fundamental idea. Okay. So what can listeners do to help out if they want to make sure that more clean energy initiatives go forward? Well, quite candidly here as a Associate Vice President with EDF Action, I can say very candidly, 
look at the people who've just delivered this success, this success that's going to bring down inflation and start taking on the climate crisis in a way that creates clean energy jobs. Look at the people who are supporting it and look at those who are, who are not. Again, I would, I would just commend Senator Catherine Cortez Mastow for her leadership on this. The uh, Nevada House delegation, the members of the House, also supported uh, the core elements that have now uh, made it into the Senate bill, into the Inflation Reduction Act. So kudos to Congresswoman Susie Lee, Congresswoman Dina Titus, and Congressman Stephen Horsford. They all supported the core elements that are now, that are now coming back to the House in the form of the Inflation Reduction Act. So I would say, number one, look at who's working for you. Mm-hmm. and make sure you know who's on the right side of those really important issues. Secondly is keep doing what you're doing, in Nevada, on water conservation. You know, Nevada is a leader. Uh, no major city in the West has done more for water conservation and a conservation ethic than Las Vegas. Others are following, and that's good. Third thing I would say is realize that we're all in this together when it comes to taking on this mega drought. And I want to I want to commend to here again Nevada leadership in the form of Governor Sisolak, and I'm going to call out uh, friends at the Southern Nevada Water Authority, who are insisting on solid science in water planning, who realize that we have to plan for the Colorado River, that climate scientists tell us we're probably going to have, not the one we remember or the one we might wish for. We have to plan for it. We have to reduce water use across all sectors. And Southern Nevada Water Authority is a leader and a thought leader in how we do that. Nice. Okay. So where can people find out more information about the Environmental Defense Fund, about EDF Action, maybe if they want to get involved as a volunteer or donate or just find out more about what you guys are doing? Well, thank you, Heather. I really appreciate that invitation. Listeners can go to edf.org and you can find a link to Environmental Defense Action Fund, our, our advocacy partner for which I'm speaking today. And you can, listeners can look at a pathway that makes sense for them and which aligns with their values uh, going forward. But there'd be opportunities, obviously, to contribute to the work we're doing, opportunities to volunteer, whether that's uh, in a non-political way, uh, on, on a community issue related to environmental health and, and the future of communities, or uh, through EDF Action, to find ways to volunteer for candidates who are voting the right way and looking out for your interests. Okay, perfect. So once again, it's edf.org. EDF.org stands for Environmental Defense Fund. You can find out more about the Environmental Defense Fund as well as the EDF Action Advocacy Partner of the Environmental Defense Fund, including you'll find opportunities to donate, opportunities to volunteer, to get involved, to make sure that in the future we have more clean energy, lower energy costs, and everyone benefits as a result. Kevin, I want to thank you so much for being here with us and discussing this and giving listeners more information as well as more things they can do and what they can look forward to helping us understand the situation. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Heather, very much for the opportunity and for your work. Remember the last time your family visited the forest? It's a place of wonder and imagination for the whole family, where stories come to life. And it's closer than you think. Ready to plan your next visit? Make the forest part of your story today at a local park near you. Or find one at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Joining me today is Amy Vandermark, event coordinator for the 26th annual Boulder City Lions Club Charity Golf Tournament. Lions Club members are service-minded men and women doing volunteer work to improve their community. The 26th annual golf tournament is taking place in November, but now's the time to sign up. Amy has been in the marketing world for the past decade, works extensively with nonprofits, and operates the Forge Social House wedding venue in Boulder City. She's also a member of the Boulder City Lions Club. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, thank you so much for having me. So I know we've all seen the logos, everybody's heard of the Lions Club, but maybe some people don't really know that much about it. When was it founded? What is the aim of the Lions Club? Just kind of give us a little bit more background. Of course. So the goal of the Lions Club is to help those with hearing or seeing disabilities. We were founded in 1917 mm -hmm. and the Boulder City Lions Club was chartered in 1988. Now we partner with many different community organizations in helping individuals get the resources they need for appointments, uh, financial resources, whatever is keeping that individual from getting a pair of eyeglasses or a set of hearing aids, that's where the Lions Club comes in. Okay, I actually never knew that it was specifically focused on eyeglasses and hearing aids. So, you know, you learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, it's really neat. And that was one of the fun things that I got to start partnering with when I joined the organization was going to the different outlets where we have the boxes. We collect so many eyeglasses from the community and those get cleaned and dispersed to individuals who need them. We're talking third world countries. These individuals will stand in lines for hours just so that they can get eyeglasses because it's the difference in being able to see or not see. And it's very rewarding to be part of this organization and such a great initiative to get behind. I mean, helping people see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. So what else happens at the club meetings besides talking about eyeglasses and hearing aids? Definitely. So we have a great group of individuals, um, all organized in the Boulder City area. We do welcome members from all around the valley. So if anyone is interested in coming to a meeting, they are always welcome. And so the kind of things that we discuss in our meetings are our events. We do a lot of fundraising events. So we do have our charity golf tournament coming up that you had mentioned, mm -hmm. and that is in November. We just wrapped up our fireworks booth. So the Lions Club of Boulder City sells fireworks every 4th of July in Boulder City. And all of those proceeds go to help us fund our Operation Christmas Child organization. That is where we fill boxes as gifts for children all around the world. These are children who may have never received a Christmas gift before. And we are able to put these items together, really fun things. So we have our youth organization through the Lions. It's called the Leos. And they go out, they go shopping, they get all the items, then they come back to our headquarters and we put all the boxes together. It's really fun. So 
planning these kind of initiatives, that's something that happens in the meetings, you know, really mundane things like reviewing the budget. <laughs> uh, we review different entities that we might be able to help. So we mentioned before that eyeglasses and hearing aids are our sole purpose, you know, mm -hmm. helping individuals get those resources. Also wheelchairs. Um, in our community, there are a ton of wheelchairs and a ton of people that need them, but not always that connection in between that can get those individuals to them or the wheelchairs to them. So it's really neat being able to be a part of these different initiatives because you get to see firsthand how it impacts the community. And these people are the individuals who receive the benefit from the Lions Club are so grateful. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. And how often does the club meet? So we meet monthly on the first Wednesday of every month at 7.30. And if you want to know where we are meeting next month, you should follow us and visit our Facebook page or Instagram. And that's at Boulder City Lions Club. And that's where you can find all the up-to-date information on what the Lions are up to. Nice. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about this 26th annual golf tournament. That's a long time to be holding golf tournaments. So it must be really good. Tell us more about it. Yes. And I could not be more enthused about this year. It's my first year working with the organization and planning this. And they have done it every year. It is a great success, one of their biggest fundraisers. And this year, we're kind of stepping it up a notch. So golfers are going to be coming out. We've got an 8 a.m. shotgun start. We're playing a scramble. So I am looking to fill all of those foursome team spots. And I want to double the numbers. So I really appreciate you letting us come on and spread the word. And we have a bunch of fun sponsors set up. We have a fun-filled day. There's a luncheon afterward. We have some great prizes. And the community really gets behind these kind of events. It's a lot of fun out there. Are you full up on sponsors or still looking for more? We are still looking for more sponsors always, right? Yeah. Um, there can never... <laughs> They can never be too many. So we will we find somewhere to put your logo. <laughs> yes, indeed. I want to spread the word about your brand. If you're willing to get your brand behind the Lions Club of Boulder City, I'm willing to put it out there. So uh, we have many different opportunities from, you know, being one of our presenting sponsors, which is kind of, you know, your brand is presenting mm -hmm. this awesome event um, down to, you know, a tea sign. So if you just want to get your brand out there, come out, have a good time. And we're talking opportunities from $150 up to $2,500. So whether you're a big company, small company, individual organization, we've got a spot for you. That's great. So I would encourage anyone with a local business to look into this because, you know, I looked down the list and there was some fun little sponsorships that you have. It's like, put your logo on the water bottle, put your logo by the tea. It's like, it sounds pretty cool. Yes. If if I were sponsoring, I would definitely go for the beverage sponsor. I mean, who doesn't love the beverage sponsor? And yes, you get your logo on the water bottle, beverage tickets. You know, each golfer out there is going to get a ticket and they can yep. use it for a Gatorade, a juice, maybe a cocktail, maybe a <laughs> beer. It's going to be a fun day. And then we have our luncheon sponsor as well. And we have some fun take-home items. So, you know, reasons and promotions that one of these golfers is going to take these items that are at the tournament 
home with them. Maybe they put it on their fridge. Maybe they put it on their desk. And it's there for 365 days where they're staring at your logo. And you get that for, you know, little brand awareness for a, a trade of financial contribution to a great cause. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the people who are golfers rather than necessarily sponsors. So you mentioned that singles or groups of four is that what the breakdown is yeah so we are sending out groups of four so whether you have a foursome if you are a twosome or you're a single player that just wants to come out and be paired up with others we have a spot for you and these golfers we're talking about professionals from the las vegas valley we are you know these are community leaders um, other lions club members Individuals who are involved in nonprofits, people that like to give back, like to get involved in the community. It's a great day. And that's definitely where you'd want your brand to be seen, right? To be partnered with a great organization. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the social media. So Facebook and Instagram at Boulder City Lions Club at Boulder City Lions Club on both Facebook and Instagram. Is that also where they're going to sign up if they want to take part in the 26th annual charity golf tournament? Somebody who is coming out from the outside world, definitely reach out to us and I'll get you in contact with the right individuals. Um, I have some great volunteers. We have a golf committee and they are the ones handling our signups. So we will get you in touch with the right individuals. Okay. And how long do they have to sign up for the event? Yeah, so we are asking for all players who are interested in registering for the 26th annual golf tournament in November to sign up by October 1. So let us know that you are interested. Get your name in there. Let us know how many people you have by October 1st. We are asking for all payments to be made by November 1st. So we will get your information and we will get back to you and make sure that we complete payment in that time frame. Now, we have some fun goodies for our golfers. You know, we have our gift that we're going to be giving everyone. So we have a little bit of information we're going to collect from you, like what is your shirt size, things like that. So we definitely have a little bit of communication to take care of before the golf tournament itself. And hopefully, you know, we do all of this planning, right? Hopefully mm -hmm. we're able to get all of those transactions completed by November 1. Uh, we shall see. Golf tournaments are always a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. So at Boulder City Lions Club on Facebook or Instagram is the best way to send a message. Say you're interested. So just hit that little message button at Boulder City Lions Club. Facebook and Instagram. There's also a website, bouldercitylionsclub.org. But if you want to reach out and get involved in the golf tournament, either as a player or a sponsor, easiest to do it on social media and they'll reach out to you. So the 26th annual Boulder City Lions Club charity golf tournament is taking place on Saturday, November 12th at the Boulder City Municipal Golf Course and the shotgun start is 8am. You have only until October 1st to sign up. So once again, at Boulder City Lions Club on Facebook or Instagram. Amy, anything else that you think the listeners should know? Yeah, the Lions Club, we are always up to great things in the community. Something that we haven't talked about yet is uh, we have our scholarship program for students in 
Clark County, we do a speakers contest. So there's a lot of opportunities to get involved with the Lions Club and a lot of benefits for our community. So the best thing that anyone could do is to get on Facebook or Instagram, follow the Boulder City Lions Club and find out more. We'll definitely keep you in touch. Um, we do those in the springtime. So mm -hmm. keep your eye out. Okay, nice. So once again, Facebook and Instagram at Boulder City Lions Club. You can just go to Facebook or Instagram and just type in Boulder City Lions Club. It'll take you right there. Or Facebook.com slash Boulder City Lions Club, Instagram.com slash Boulder City Lions Club. But that's their tag, Boulder City Lions Club, both Facebook and Instagram. Again, Amy, thank you so much for being here, letting everyone know about, first of all, about the organization and the good things you're doing in the community, but also about the 26th annual Boulder City Lions Club charity golf tournament, which sounds like a ton of fun. And, you know, with the sponsorship opportunities, as well as the golfing opportunities, I'm sure there's something for everyone there. So thank you so much for being here and sharing with us. Thank you so much for having us and letting us talk about the Boulder City Lions Club. We are the 25%. That's a quarter of all Americans. Over 61 million people with a disability. Our differences make us 100% unique. Just like you. 100% creative, passionate, determined, and proud. We are the 25%. And we want a world where everyone is 100% included. Easter Seals Disability Services. Change the way you see disability. We are the 25.org. I'm Heather Vale with the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and this is your community events calendar for nonprofit initiatives and charity events around the Valley. Black Pearl Promotions is celebrating local nonprofits with the 2022 Nevada Nonprofit Awareness Day community event this Wednesday, August 17th from 4 to 7 p.m. at Sahara West Library. That's 9600 West Sahara Avenue, west of Fort Apache. Enjoy entertainment as you meet and greet with local nonprofits for free, and nonprofits also get access to a pre-event seminar on building their organizations. Register for free as a nonprofit exhibitor or a attendee at blackpearlpromotions.com. That's blackpearlpromotions.com. Lace up your bowling shoes for the Bowl for the Gold fundraiser to support Special Olympics Nevada, or SONV. The games are happening Saturday, August 20th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Strike Zone Bowling Center at Sunset Station. Registration includes three games of bowling, food, and non-alcoholic beverages. SONV athletes will be on hand to play with each team. You can register as an individual for $55 or a team of four for $220. Register for the event and get all the details at SONV.org. That's SONV.org. Ross Dress for Less is partnering with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada for the Help Local Kids Learn fundraising drive, which supports the nonprofit organization's Power Hour homework program. The fundraiser continues through August 21st. Just shop at Ross and donate at the register. Ross will match the first $400,000 raised across the country. Find out more about the Boys and Girls Clubs or the Power Hour program and Ross Help Local Kids Learn initiative at BGC. BGCSNV.org. That's BGCSNV.org. 
Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook is a bi-monthly musical fundraising party at The Space, with each event raising 10k for a specific charity in 90 minutes. Upcoming shows include Monday, August 22nd at 8 p.m., benefiting Aiden's Army of Angels, Monday, September 12th at 8 p.m., benefiting the Serving Our Kids Foundation, and Monday, September 26th at 8 p.m., benefiting the United Citizens Foundation. Get tickets or find out more details at mondaysdark.com. Clark County officials and the October 1 Memorial Committee are looking for ideas and proposals for a memorial project to honor victims of the October 1, 2017 mass shooting at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival in Las Vegas. This is the start of an 18-month process and you have until September 30th to submit your ideas. There are other ways to get involved in the process and share your expertise as well. Find out all the details and submission requirements at clarkcountynv.gov slash one October memorial. That's clarkcountynv.gov slash the number one October memorial. Junior Achievement of Southern Nevada is holding their J.A. Booathon bowling fundraiser on Saturday, October 15th and Sunday, October 16th at 8.30 a.m. at the Santa Fe Bowling Center. Join a team and bowl in the fast lane. Get all the details at jasnv.org. That's jasnv.org. Black Pearl Promotions is holding a Bring Back the 70s disco fundraising event to support Domestic Violence Awareness Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month on Friday, October 28th from 8 p.m. to midnight at Starbase LV on West Diablo Drive near Allegiant Stadium. Get all the details and buy your tickets at blackpearlpromotions.com. That's blackpearlpromotions.com. And the 26th annual Boulder City Lions Club Charity Golf Tournament is happening on Saturday, November 12th at 8 a.m. at Boulder City Municipal Golf Course. You can sign up now through October 1st by sending a message through social media at facebook.com slash bouldercitylionsclub. That's facebook.com slash bouldercitylionsclub. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.